what happened three years ago, I lost my biggest cheerleader and I've learned to live without, carry on living. But if I'm going to keep on living, then I'm going to live fearless and full and I'm going to bring out all of me to the world rather than be afraid. So I, I refuse to be afraid because I'm not scared anymore. And that happened three years ago. I do anything. I say anything. I trust my gut and I follow and I've got so much confidence and so much self-esteem and no ego whatsoever that I'm able to be myself and know that if I make a mistake, I'll say, oh, sorry, I'm still trying to learn. You know, I'm very quick to go, oh, I, I apologize. I didn't, you know, so I'm, I'm able and capable to deal with whatever life throws at me because I was able to make it through that, which was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. According to Psychology Today, confidence is not an innate fixed characteristic. It's an ability that can be acquired and improved over time. Social confidence can be developed by practicing in social settings. Individuals can observe the structure and flow of any conversation before jumping in, and they can prepare questions or topics to discuss ahead of time. Though some may feel it may be acquired through modeling, encouragement, and the desire to change oneself's persona, confident humans exhibit superpower, not because of their message, but the ability to draw others into their message. Looking back at history or in past presidential administrations, it's not the words, it's the disposition of how a person presents themselves. Self-confidence is important because it allows your mind to be clear to whatever happens to you in the moment. When self-doubt creeps in, you start thinking excessively, sometimes about the outcome, sometimes about why you might not be good enough. Having a conversation with my new bestie, Ify Thomas, I was immediately drawn to her inner core and enamored by her ability to cultivate a community that is quite diversified, yet share a commonality of interests specifically yearning to improve their own inadequacies by getting direct, honest, tough love and clear results by learning how to build unshakable and becoming unstoppable with Ify's coaching style. As a confidence coach and a keynote speaker, she has motivational skills and she wears different hats and has helped hundreds of people get unstuck, helping passionate people get from where they are to where they want to be. And she also could be seen on BBC, ITV and Channel 4. She loves helping people share powerful stories. Therefore, being confident has a lot to do with how we value and see ourselves and the ones around us. It's the electric magnetic force that people connect to. And again, it's the kinetic energy, as Ify states, that becomes a superpower. My confident superpower is a mantra I say each day. I am strong, I am confident, and I'm amazingly good. So own these words, take some moments to pause because you entered the world as you, and that's definitely something that should be celebrated. Hey everyone, this is Helene, and this is coming from my heart. My chat with Ify will make you think a lot about why and how you present yourself to the world. Our conversation is candid and a bit raw at times with lots of smiles and definitely some laughs. 
So my coming from the heart family, the weeks are flying by and it's crazy how time is going so quickly. Yes, we are definitely in May and let's start smelling some beautiful flowers that are outside right now. Although I do have some allergies, so it's not been the best of moments for me, like many people. I'm excited to mention, of course, in the month of May, our collaboration for mental health with Humble You Media, Positive Vibes, and Living Well with Robin Stoloff. We'll be recording May 20th and airing late this May. Tonight, we had a wonderful IG Live, Instagram Live, of course, with Ify, and we had just so much fun. And we're going to start doing that every Thursday, so you can check us out for the exact time. I'm not you know, sure at this moment, because she is in London, so we have to see what's going to work for her and, of course, for us. And, of course, don't forget to check us out on Apple, Spotify, and Anchor, and anywhere you can get your streaming services. And if you want to check us out on Instagram, we're coming underscore from the heart podcast. So I also wanted just to mention that I had my second COVID vaccine tonight, or shall I say my vax. And at this point, I believe statistics, if I'm saying this correctly, there are 249 million vaccines as of today given out. So that is amazingly incredible. So congratulations to our administration for making this definitely happen. You guys know we want herd immunity. So I also wanted to just leave you with another beautiful quote from Maya Angelou. My mission in life is not merely to survive, but to thrive and do so with some passion, some compassion and some humor and some style. So definitely think about that and have an awesome weekend. XOXO, Helene. Today we have Ify Thomas in our house studio coming from the UK. So we are extremely excited today to have her on. So hey there, Ify. How are you? Hey, Helen. It How is you brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Thank you for having me. Oh, so much. Thank you. Well, I have to, before we chat with you, and of course, I keep saying we because Alexandra, she's here in our, well, she's not here at the moment, but she's always by my side, although she's not physically with us. We're excited to have this conversation. I'm excited to have this conversation as you are this confident speaker and you have so much going on as I laugh a lot of times I show my notes on my people person that I'm talking to because as a teacher I'm always like okay I have to know this person and I have to know them well so I do a little stalking before I speak to you I know we had our great pre-conversation and we spoke obviously in length about a lot of different things but my goodness as I was checking out your bio and so much stuff that you've done as a confident speaker a writer an author a book that you wrote called Power Lift Your Career, your company called Mind Work Out. You are, of course, were a former professional dancer, which we want to talk about. You've sang with Leona Lewis, Paul McCartney, and Elton John. And you also have something called Confidence Stars for Kids. And what else? And of course, I want to mention that you support autism. We'll talk more about that. And you are a super mom. So, you know, <laughs> my God, I just want to know who is Ify? Who are you? And my goodness, you've got a lot in your background, a lot about you, and you are a super person to have on. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. And what a fantastic introduction. As you was reeling off all the things I did, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I did that too. <laughs> it's been a while. And I suppose that, that you know, that's like... A, 
20 year careers oh. we're talking about. So I suppose when you read it out like that, it sounds like a lot, but every single thing that I do, I do it and I love it. You know, I'm one of these people who I believe that life is worth living and you live life full. You know, that that's my motto. It's taken me a long while to really live and be that. It's always been my intention to live a full life. But I would say in the last three years, I've really been able to step into it. And it's awesome. It's the best feeling knowing that every day I'm living like maybe there's not a tomorrow, you know? Oh, okay. Interesting that you say like there's not another tomorrow. So living in the moment. Yeah. being And making sure that I'm consciously aware of what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And if it's going to move me towards my greater big picture, if it's mm. going to add value in the moment and intentional, I'm very intentional in what I do. And that's why I wanted to be on this podcast because meeting you, you know, you've got all this energy and you're so authentically you, oh. which is beautiful because you don't really, I, I find it really hard to meet people who are authentic initially because everyone has their walls up, but you were just like, hey, <laughs> and I was just like, this woman is amazing. Aww, so um, thank you. I'm so glad yeah. to even be here today. It's just, it's a pleasure. This isn't oh. work. This is fun. Oh my God. It's so fun. And, you know, we got the date down. We're doing it. There's so much to talk about. You know, you mentioned in the last three years, you've really become present or your own or, and so forth. I guess, talk a little bit about that. What does that mean to you? Well, that's, that's a great question. Three years ago, I'll, I'll just tell you a little bit so you understand the context of what I'm saying with what happened three years ago. But when I was six weeks old, I was, my parents were here in the UK and um, they're Nigerian. And um, they went back to Nigeria when I was six weeks old. And I was given to a family who worked closely with the Save the Children Foundation. So I was raised by a, a white family, a white mum, a white dad, and um, they looked after me and loved me as their own for my whole life. And my mum has like was a cheerleader for me and you know always told me, you know, you can be anything, you can do anything. So I, I lived a really like great life where I was really made to feel like anything was possible. Um, but like most people, lacking confidence, lacking self-esteem and always wondering if I'm good enough. You know, the black kid at the school with the strange name it was it was, you know, something that we that I had to learn to kind of feel into my skin. But as I got older and I got into the world of personal development, I started performing and dancing. And, you know, I really was really starting to evolve wow. into this person who was confident, cool, black and confident, that's my thing, really living it. But there was always something holding me back. There was always this one, you know, that I would always kind of take, even though I knew the understanding of personal development, I'd built that mm -hmm. level of confidence. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of, to the rest of the world, would look at me and say, wow, if it's confident, she's fierce, mm -hmm. she's going places, she's goal set, she's driven, like she's fearless, which were all right. There was always this mm -hmm. tiny little critic that little critic within that would be like who do you think you are you know what are you that just it just pipe up every now and again I'd squash it back down but it would come up and I, I would take longer to make decisions than I do now but then in 2018 the the lady the mum the woman who was my hero my rock star my everything she got diagnosed with a brain tumor and was given two months to live and it just come out of the blue it was and it was frightening and scary and and she she managed to hold on for 
a couple more weeks, but she died. And it was painful and tragic and it it, it was just uh, awful. It's just losing somebody who's always cheered for you, you know, always been there for you. Kind of the reason why I wanted to be a success so I could say, you made the right choice, pick me, you know, that kind of, that was my fuel, that was my firepower. But when she passed away, it was like, I was scared I weren't going to hear her cheering for me anymore. Like I wouldn't see her. I would, and I was thinking, well, what about when I do become this huge success? You're not going to see this. But then what happened is after like my own grieving process, I was like, wow, with me, there's nothing to be afraid of. We're all going to die. There's nothing to be afraid of. So don't ever feel afraid because nothing is going to ever feel as bad as losing, you know, the most important person in your life. Nothing. Nothing can top that. Nothing scares me more than the moment when I found out that she wasn't going to be here. That was frightening beyond belief. Nothing is more scarier than that. Nothing. Not standing on stage, not speaking my mind. Nothing scares me more than, nothing will ever scare me more than that. You know, God forbid I outlive my children, but nothing would scare me. So because I'm not scared anymore, and that happened three years ago. I do anything. I say anything. I trust my gut and I follow. And I've got so much confidence and so much self-esteem and no ego whatsoever that I'm able to be myself and know that if I make a mistake, I'll say, oh, sorry, I'm still trying to learn. You know, I'm very quick to go, oh, I, I apologize. I didn't, you know, so I'm, 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 I'm able and capable to deal with whatever life throws at me because I was able to make it through that, which was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. And even talking to you now, I, I, I never put myself back there because it was so painful that that it's just, and I'll give you an example, which I haven't shared with anyone actually. Oh, and I'll tell you. you this. It was a year since my mum passed away. Like every morning when I take my first breath and I say, thank you, God, for giving me another breath. Thank you for, thank you for giving me another chance at this. Then the next thing I say is, mum, I miss you so much. I love you so much. I wish you were here. So I, I do that for myself. But a year into it, after she passed away, I was in the kitchen and I had a um, hot cup of boiling water with, I was just about to put some lemon in it, like you. And as I, I, as I did, I sneezed or I coughed in the, I, the, the cup and, it, and the boiling water fell all on my foot. And in that moment, I thought, oh, that's nice. Because my breath, and I was like, the burning water on my foot made, gave me relief. And that's when I realized I'm in pain because the pain from the boiling water um, took away the pain from my mum for that moment because my brain had to think about the pain on my foot. And that's when I thought, now I get why people self-harm. People self-harm because the, the pain you cause yourself removes the other pain. I don't know if that's actually true, but that's what I experienced. So then I thought, let me just recognize that boiling water fell on my foot and I prefer that to the pain that I'm having with this grief. So then I said to myself, from this day forward, I'm going to remember how painful this is and I'm never going to be afraid of anything. I'm nothing, never, never, never. So to your question, what happened three years ago? I lost my biggest cheerleader and I've learned to live without, carry on living. But if I'm going to keep on living, then I'm going to live fearless and full. And I'm going to bring out all of me to the world rather than be afraid. So I, I refuse to be afraid. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Amazing. 
so introspective and thank you. That's so, so special from my heart to yours to share that with me, to our family out here coming from the heart family about that experience. And I think what happens with grief, and I lost my mom seven years ago. So as you were speaking, I was on your journey of what you, not exactly, of course, everyone's grief is completely different and should obviously everyone knows that, but my mom, my mom passed suddenly. She was here and she was gone. And yeah, and I understand exactly what, exactly what you were talking about with the boiling water, because the grief, that moment of grief, and then the boiling water sort of shifted something in, in your brain or in your psyche. And also the fact of, I can share that I have a similar, you know, mantra, if you want to call it, about speaking to my mom, because, you know, my daughter and I, Alexandra became very spiritual in the loss of her. I mean, she's clearly at this interview right now and I'm in her home and so forth. And I think that that's an amazing connection. I don't know if you're completely spiritual, you believe in that yeah. stuff as well, but I feel like for some reason you do. And maybe that's why our connection is just as special as it is. Cause we just get each other. Like some people you just get and other people you'll never get. And that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. That's just how life is. It's sort of like this, this, this puzzle piece that sort of fits together. And I feel like that's you and I, and, and as far as this empowerment, and I could see it. It's almost like I could feel this momentum as you were speaking to where you are right at this moment, this exact second, as to why you are where you are based on that experience of the, of the loss of your mom to bring you to where you are today. And I feel exactly the same way, exactly the same way about hi and well, you know, this podcast happened and why I'm doing what I'm doing and speaking your mind and feeling being in you. And I, you know, and that's just, that's beautiful. And I think that's why you're so good at what you do with what you gift. I say, cause you do give a gift to people to realize that, excuse me, I'll say, fuck it. It's my podcast. Just do it. You know, like we feel <laughs> like, like, just do it. Like you got one life. And as you mentioned so eloquently in what you were saying, if not now, when, you know, <laughs> if not, well, you know, if not now, when, and all the other things that can, you know, slogans, mantras, whatever you want to say, and whatever people are listening and going, okay, you know, COVID has held people up in so many different ways. It's been the silver lining in so many ways for many, including myself, but you know, yeah, I agree with it. So now that you're in where you are, you're standing in these shoes of this empowerment. I say women empowerment, empowerment. What are you going to do with this? I mean, you have so many things going on. I know as far as different platforms people are connecting to. You want to talk a little bit about that? Oh, yeah, Helen. Even when you said that, I was like, oh, well, there's yeah. so many things that I love doing. And I really want to help everyone. And we all know that when you are running a business, you need to be specific at who you're speaking to. I tell the same speak. Choose your ideal customer. The thing is, I'm at a stage now where... I run at things. So I've done the book. I've done the online course. I've done the mastermind alliance for one year where I work with these group, do big um, coaching groups. I am a keynote speaker. So I have an agent that finds me work so I can go and speak on topics around mental health, personal development, sales, marketing, anything that's in my bag, I can go and talk about, which I really love. I love creating um, bespoke speeches to empower a large audience of people. I, I like the idea of kind of transferring what I do into my own podcast. So that's something that I'm looking at as well. And then there's this confidence star. 
this star that everybody kind of overlooks. It's not really going to make me a millionaire, but what it does is it empowers men, women, children. I've watched it help a 71-year-old lady. I got invited to this like beautiful charity where these um, domestic violence um, survivors, these women were there and it was like their support group. And I brought the star along and the stars are star-shaped reflective mirror with the words, I am somebody, I am good enough, I can do anything, I like myself. And they said, will you bring and talk to the women here about self-esteem and confidence? I was like, yeah, I'll do that, definitely. And I said, before we start, I'd like the star, would you pass it around and everyone look in it? And this lady looked in the star, she's 71 years old, She's reading the stars and she, she says, I wish I had this 20 years ago, 30 years ago. She goes, I never, ever had said this about myself. In fact, I was in a relationship where I was constantly told I'm none of these things. She goes, now that I've said these words, I feel like to, I'm going to start living. She said, I'm going to start living because I've been trying to, I've, I've survived it, but I've been stuck. She goes, but honestly, you giving me these words, I gave her the star. She goes, I promise you, I'm going to live. She goes, I've got 20, 30 more years left in me. I'm going to live. Oh and I could God. see in her eyes, she was going to live. It was a 71. And I would never have thought it would have that impact on a 71-year-old, but that was because I was thinking too small. But then when I give it to a five-year-old, you see them... A five-year-old will say, I don't like myself, I hate myself, I'm not saying it, and they're five. So I have this incredible product that I know in my heart, I know in my, in my body, I know this star has the power to change millions of lives. I just need to figure out a way to get it out there to the masses. So that's kind of my thing at the moment. But every single time I do a moment where I go, Oh, I'll just keep selling the star or I know I'll make loads of money in my other businesses and then I'll give the star away and donate it and it'll be a charity. And the minute I think about pivoting away from the star for even one hour, someone will send me a message from who's had the star and say, it's changed my life. Don't ever stop promoting the star. And I'm like, okay. It's like, it's, I, t I think God, God doesn't want me to do anything but the star. And anytime I even consider moving in a direction away from the star, he literally pipes up and says, don't forget the star. So um, what am I going to do now? The star is always going to be part of my life. And I'm going to find ways to leverage all my other stuff so that I can ultimately, I want to become a millionaire so I can give a star to every child that's born every day in all over the world like that would be amazing wow. you know wow. every star that's born gets a star <laughs> well as you're speaking I'm thinking you are the star you are the star you oh. are part of the galaxy my friend whether you want to be, I think you want to be clearly based on what you said. I just think that there's other entities that you have interest in, but I think that I think that the star defines you. Absolutely. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like I believe everybody comes into this world with a, you know, whether you believe it or not with a contract of what you're supposed to be doing in this life. I mean, Alexandra and I talk about it all the time and sometimes, you know, you go one way on the road and then you go in another way on the road. And if you're lucky enough, you can land like we are doing what we should be doing, why we're here. And like you mentioned, God has a purpose. Universe has a purpose. Your purpose is to do what exactly what you're doing. So the star is you, my friend. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh that, that fills me with joy. Oh Even though God. I say it all the time, it, there is power when somebody else says it. 
Because then you're like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. I believe in like the galaxy and the universe and God and spiritual and whatever, you know, coming from the heart families as you're listening to this, believe in. Yeah, I mean, because when you touch people's lives, your story of the woman who was 70 or 71 years old, and you can affect a person's life by giving them a physical something. The physical something is just the physical. It's how you delivered that physical something to them. You could have handed them a piece of paper, quite frankly, and you could have written whatever on it. It would have probably had the same effect because you were the deliverer of whatever that was. Wow. That's how I see it. Okay, well, that's made me think. Maybe I, what I, yeah, that's made me think. Like, I keep thinking it's the star, but maybe it's what, it's what the star gives them. It's what, yeah. it's what the star represents. Well, that's so, you. <laughs> you are the one that's the messenger that's giving it to them. Like I said, you could hand them a piece, of, you know, a, a cup, whatever, with some a couple things on it. You know, it's it's that it's that delivery. It's the it's the human connection. Clearly, I see. Wow. It. Yeah. That's so true. Just yeah. need to figure out how to scale that up, then, really. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. So I, you know, it's beautiful. So all your entities, all the things that you're doing. I mean, I think that I'm, I'm, where am I going with this? I'm thinking about quantum physics. You mentioned that. Yeah. And I think that's a good segue to this, to talk about quantum physics and the human potential, I believe. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, so why don't you talk a little bit about that? Cause a lot of people would be like, as soon as you say physics, Alexandra's hair probably went on end and other people are like, Oh my God, physics. What is that? I mean, so explain a little bit about what you mean about that. Okay. So I'm obsessed with quantum physics theory on mindset as somebody who I like to know what I'm doing. I need to understand why I'm doing it. And most things that I do are based on psychology, human potential, human interaction, how people behave, cause and effect. But when I started to learn that every single thought that we have mm -hmm. is a physical particle that leaves our brain and vibrates, and it vibrates at at a certain vibration and that we can activate the law of attraction which we all talk about but the law of attraction is really based on um quantum physics theory on mindset it's that every single thought that you think is a physical particle that leaves you and vibrates now what happens is it creates a magnetic force field around you so that's why it's so important that whatever you think What's that quote? Whatever you think about, you bring about. That's because when you think something and you think it with intention and energy and, you know, I am rubbish, I am forgetful, and you put that kind of energy into it, which people normally do, I hate myself, I'm a bad person, or the negative, then what happens is that vibrational frequency starts vibrating and it starts bringing things into your vibrational um, your your magnetic force field around you and it tracks more and more of things that vibrate with that energy that you're putting out there so when you realize that your thoughts are powerful you could say I am a wonderful human being and I believe that the universe is conspiring for me to succeed now if you put that out there anything that's on that vibrational frequency will will attract itself to you it will be drawn into your magnetic force field and then you will pull it into you and you'll start to see things that are aligned with your thinking so when 
when I started to understand it's not just about thinking positive, it's that there is an actual physical reaction that happens every time you think. That's powerful. And things don't happen really fast, but what, what we know for sure is if we, we were trying to get onto this Zoom call, and even if I had a link, the link that you sent me, mm-hmm. if that link wasn't on the same vibrational frequency as the link that you were on, then we could never have the call. Like you, when you tune into a radio station, you have to tune in correctly. So if you want to bring things into your life that are in harmony with your most dominant thought, then make sure that your thought is something that you want. And that is how quantum physics theory or mindset supports the idea of our thoughts become things. What we think about, we bring about. The power is always in that thought that we're thinking. Now, if we can choose to think a thought that is on a vibration that will bring more great into our life, and we can commit to just thinking that thought over and over again and create like visions and and create this like mental rehearsal in your mind of the thing that you want to happen what happens is is everything is working towards that everything is vibing on that you know when they say somebody's got bad vibes that that's meaning like I just don't your vibrations don't align with mine and and they did this beautiful study where they got two grand pianos in this big room on each side there's a grand piano and then they lift the lid on both of them and let's say you hit the chord c if you go over to the other piano and lift the lid, the other C is vibrating. It's called vibrational resonance. It's where the, 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 it, can, it can feel the vibration, the two pianos. So if two pianos can do that and we can see it, we can see the keys vibrating. Imagine two human brains, two human brains. Like everything, I believe everything that is happening for you, everything in the universe is conspiring for your success. If you believe that, then every single time you think, you would never dream of thinking something negative because you wouldn't want that to come up and show up in your life. So some people say, oh, I have bad luck. Well, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to get more of the bad luck. But if you say, do you know what? Things just seem to fall in place for me. And that's not because I'm sitting here hoping and wishing. It's because I'm actively putting those vibrations out and going, ah, you. Like, we didn't get on this podcast because we both are on the same vibrational frequency. We got on it because you both have the same vibrational frequency and we both take action. You know, we both take action. We actively seeked each other out and thought, oh, this feels nice. Let's connect. So the power of our thoughts are incredible. And I go into schools and I teach this to five-year-olds at a very much, you know, a, a different level of that. But I teach them the power of our subconscious mind and our conscious mind and about how the thoughts that we have um, create our, our future, our destiny, and that we can only hold one thought in our mind at a time. So we have to choose what that thought is. Now, because of that, I know that we could only hold one thought at a time. And I know that my thoughts are powerful. I don't let negative thoughts come into my mind because I don't want to attract more of what I don't want, you know? So um, quantum physics theory on mindset. Wow. (laughs) Amazingly eloquently verbose. Yeah. I'm so enamored by what you're saying. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm a loss of words for a moment. Yeah. Amazingly said, there's so many parts I just wanted to comment on the fact that let's get back to the pianos, you know, back to the pianos being tuned at the same time. And I think what I said when we first got on to chat a little bit is how the two of us so connect. 
Mm. We connect and, and, and it's not random that we connect. We connect for a reason because we're on the same vibration clearly, or, you know, I was also thinking about when people manifest things, you know, there's a friend of ours, Kim, Kim Adams, and she's a big manifester. And it's like, I, you know, put things out there to the universe every single day about my life and how I'm feeling and what I went through a year ago and what's going on and where I want to be. And I literally stand at the ocean or at the bay or some water that I can find yeah, I know. Don't be jealous because this is my hometown. <laughs> and I, I, I have a mantra and I say, I am strong. I am confident. I am good. And I, and I yell it out. And I, you know, sometimes I look behind me to say, you know, to see, excuse me, if anyone's standing behind me. And other times I'm like, I don't really care if they are. And I just say it every single day. And it's what's gotten me through a year of lots of stuff of my own. And when things are not going my way, it's my little mantra. And I try to be as positive as possible. But when you when you were explaining, let me backpedal here for a moment about the quantum physics and the particles, it really does make so much sense to understand why some people seem to get it all, have it all, are successful because the confidence, back to what you're, you know, as a coach, as a confidence coach person, they have so much confidence within themselves. Maybe they're not out there like me on a beach screaming those three words, but they were born into this world or, or however, from a child having or exuding confidence that their success has sort of gone their way as compared to maybe another person who were, you know, maybe wasn't as lucky, came from a family that maybe wasn't as supportive, had to really reinvent themselves and, and always maybe had the aptitude, but doesn't have the, has, doesn't have the drive or doesn't have the confidence to do well. You know, I always would say this to my kids, it's brains are great and amazing and wonderful. However, it's your it's your outlook on life and it's and it, there's other attributes that get you to be successful because there's a lot of people who are really smart who've done not much with their life. I think one of the reasons why is that sometimes really smart people, you know, even brilliant people don't haven't worked that hard to get where they are. And people that maybe need to work a little bit harder, including myself, understand that. So you want to comment yeah, on that? Absolutely. I can't saying? wait to comment on that. I I'm know. Like, I see your little face there. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. The first thing you said, so I, I don't believe in luck. I believe that um, luck, um, preparation means opportunity. I think that, like you said, everything that happens for you is because you need to be prepared. So to give you an example, if I want to be a singer and I never train and I never practice my song and I'm sitting on the train and Simon Cowell's next to me and he's like, hey, um, we're looking for someone like you to come on x factor could you just sing and i'm like oh no i haven't got this uh, i haven't practiced i can't or let's say the other person in the parallel universe goal to be a singer no connections whatsoever every day practices her audition song because she really believes that the opportunity is going to come when it comes she's like yeah i'm ready this is the key sings it then gets put on x factor then wins and everyone goes oh my gosh you're so lucky you met simon on a train well no preparation mm. met um so that's the first thing yes. i'd say that and then, to, and then with what you said, I totally agree in terms of like a, an attitude. So there's this really good um, formula that I follow, which is if you think about every single one of us is born with individual, um, we're, we're born with um, inborn attributes. So they're things that we're born with that we have naturally. Maybe some of us are 
absolutely tall. Maybe some of us naturally can um, visualize something and then draw it. We've all got inborn attributes, things that we're born with, that we that we were blessed with. Like you said, it's our part of our contract with what we're here to do. So we all have those things. But then you've got your inborn attributes. But if you plus that with your acquired attributes, the things you learn, the things you practice, the things you study, the things you gain. So that's your inborn attributes plus your acquired attributes but if you times that by what you're saying which is you, know, you said your outlook on life your attitude your attitude somebody with an attitude of determination and willingness to get back up and get you know get knocked down get back up again i think if you've got the right attitude you attitude smashes talent every single time there are, like you said there's so many brilliant talented individuals who've got an attitude that sucks that gets nowhere and then there's some people who've got no real, maybe real knowledge or skills, but got an incredible attitude and are willing to learn, willing to apply, willing to try, willing to adapt. Those people will overtake somebody who's got natural gifts. So I'm a big believer in your attitude. Well, that's how I've got where I am. I wasn't born with any in particular gifts of, or talents. I've learned everything and developed it. And my attitude really makes people want to be around me more than somebody maybe who has more, more skills and more knowledge because you can teach skills and you can teach knowledge. You, it's really hard to do attitudinal training. Like that's what a lot of my business is. I teach people how to change their attitudes, but that's a hard thing to do. It's a hard shift. So I totally agree with you. And what you said about standing up, and saying what you say every day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm jealous because yeah. I would love to have, I, I, my dream, oh, my dream is come, to move to the beach. Come, come to South I'm going to come and stay with you for you a can, couple of months. We, I have a guest room. It's already, you're, I'm setting it up. You can, any day. Oh just my gosh, that would just on be my beautiful. Let, yeah. I'm going to hold yeah. you to that. I, I would we'll love that. we'll just go on the beach together. I would, we'll yeah. I am it, strong. I am, I am strong, good. I am confident, I am good. And, you know, whatever people want to say to uplift them, empower them, and just make them feel, you know, feel them feel great, really, is just what it is. It could be anything, any word, anything. But again, it's that you're putting that into your brain. And now that I'm thinking again about the quantum physics aspect, it makes so much sense. And I don't think that people realize how much science and how much things you know, are part of us that you really have to, oh, wait a minute. Oh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't say such negative things about myself because it almost boomerangs back to you. That's how I would always say, or my mother would say like the pendulum swings both ways. Like, you know, never say anything negative about maybe someone else or really about yourself. Cause sometimes it smashes you right back in the face. Like it's, Absolutely. Out, you know, positivity. And that's hard to, I mean, that's hard to teach, that's hard to explain. And that really gets to the next part where I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your training. Cause I think our, our coming from the heart family out there would like to know a little bit about that. I mean, you know, you, you teach so many different types of people in so many different, let's say socioeconomic situations and so forth. Like, you know, how, when people find you, maybe, you know, maybe people don't have that income to, to seek you out or all kinds of situations. So explain that. And how do you motivate? Like, you know, you were saying some people it's, it's tough to get that going because of their personality. So yeah. Um, that's Great question. Like you've given me all my favorite questions. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And um, so one of the things that because of my training, so I've spent I've spent years like studying 
physics, philosophy, mindset, sales, psychology, communication, body language, microexpressions, tonality. Like I've studied human beings and I always want to know why some human beings are more successful than others, why some people are more likable than others. And I've always had that question, why? So I spend a lot of time watching people, observing people Mm -hmm. and trying to fill in the gaps. I'm Mm -hmm. autistic. So for me, it means that things that come naturally to other people don't to me. So I've had to work really hard to figure out why have they said that? Why did they do that? What made them say that? I wonder why they responded like that. What's the reason behind that? So I'm always trying to piece together the whole story. And what I've found and discovered and learned over the years is that everyone, most people are good. Everybody comes into this world, you know, this beautiful baby with no inhibitions whatsoever. But as we grow, we develop all these different characteristics and things that have happened to us and things. So one thing that I I do when I look at anybody, I look for the good. I search for the good and I try to justify any bad that is showing, like any out, any negative behavior, any negative attitudes, any defensiveness, any kind of character traits that are um, unattractive or unpleasing. I try to ask myself, what would make somebody act this way? And then I can work backwards. So then I'm like, right, these are the things that would have happened to make to produce this attitude. So with knowing that, I also know how to produce the kind of pleasing attitude that we want, the person who's got the confidence and the high self-esteem and the friendliness and the caring and the kind and the... And it comes down to how much a person likes themselves. That is at the very core. How much you like and believe in yourself will affect the way that you communicate with the world. It will affect the, the things you'll try. It affects how much you actually are your authentic self. Mm-hmm. So if, if we go back to the core, I then say, I then help people by helping them to, first of all, say these positive affirmations that can be ingrained into their um, subconscious mind so that it's there for them as a shield. It's there to support them. And I'll teach them the power of quantum physics theory or mindset so that they have a, a solid understanding that this isn't just made up. It's like, if you stand out, if you if a lorry's going past and you jump out in front of it, you're going to die. If you jump from a top building, gravity's going to pull you down. Nobody's disputing that. The same thing works with the way that you think. If you think a negative thought, you will attract negative results, cause and effect, cause and effect. And there's no way around it. You can't beat the laws of the universe. It's just impossible to beat the mental laws, mm-hmm. just like you can't beat the laws of the universe. You know, So I try to teach people that. But ultimately, how I help people is that I ask them one thing. What would you dare to dream if you knew you couldn't fail? What one thing would you love to achieve? And they'll go, oh, I've always wanted to, to be a car racing driver. I've always wanted to be a pilot. I've always wanted to have my a farm. Mm-hmm. I've always... Well, Okay, so whatever it is you've always wanted to have, that's what you're going to work with me with. Don't bother working me on your plan B. Work with me on your plan A. And I get them to have clarity. And sometimes that can take five months because people will say, well, I don't want this and I don't want that and I don't want this. And I'm like, no, we're not focusing on what you don't want. We're focusing on what you do want. (laughs) And then I help people be really specific and have real clarity about what it looks like what it feels like, how much money it earns. So they have a real clear idea, like clarity. Once mm. they're clear about what it is, I can help them create a, a map 
so that they can reach their major definite purpose so they can but when you're working towards something that you really want and you believe that you can have it and you know it's just a step by step like if you're going on holiday you wake up early in the morning and you know that when you get to the airport you're going to get on the airplane and you know that airplane is going to take you to your holiday destination so you're very keen to travel three hours to the airport and sit on a plane and eat horrible plane food for 12 hours if you have to you're happy to carry all your luggage you're happy yes. to, you're happy to do all these things mm -hmm. because you know mm -hmm. that you will eventually get to your destination well that's what i teach people i say we're going to teach we're going to decide what you want and then we're going to go there in the future we're going to do that i do a, this exercise called flash forward to the future so I'm like, flash forward to your ideal future. Go there, right? What does it look like? How does it feel? What do you want? And they and we really create this real vision. And it's amazing because you can see you're like, oh my gosh, I've got my four bedroom house on the beach. I've got a dog. I'm smiling. My body feels great. I feel like I can move with ease. I feel fit. I look in the mirror and I love myself. I've got this amazing partner on my arm. I've got this much money in the bank. And every day I get up and I go and get fresh flowers and I put them in my vase and we create this whole vision. And I say, right, now that you're there in the future i want you to open your eyes now this is where you are today now this is called a gap analysis where you are today is a result of what you've been doing in the past where you're going to be in the future is going to be a result of what you do today and tomorrow and the next day so we're now going to create a plan between the gap of where you are to where you want to be now every day it might take one year two year three year four year five years but it's going to take well, however long it takes but you will get there i guarantee if you follow these steps that i'm going to tell you and the steps that i tell them is we do the research we find people who are where they want to be so we ask them what did you do and then we break it down yes yeah. and then i say to them are you willing to take the first step and then are you willing to take the second step? And are you willing to keep going for as long as it takes, knowing that you'll get there? The people who say yes, get there. And they're very happy. Within the 12 months, they're already like either where they want to be or on the way and confident because it's they're seeing the results. So they And then they look back at me and I say to them, do you believe that you can get have what you want? And they're like, yes, I do. And it, that's the thing. Believing that you can have what you want is the thing I do. I help people believe they can have it. And then I give them the tools and the steps that they need to take to get there. And then I the, then the last thing is that I make sure that they have the, the most important thing, unshakable self-confidence. So that when they're on their way and they get to the airport and they say, do you know what? The flight's closed. You're going to have to stay overnight. They don't go, oh, I'm going home. This was never meant to happen. They go, okay, we'll wait overnight. And then they wait the first night and they say, I'm so sorry, there's rough winds. You're not, the flight's not taking off for another three days. And then they go, okay, this is part of it. And you stay on it. Or you go, do you know what? We're not going to get, we're not going to get a flight. We're going to go by sea. Let's go by sea. But as long as you don't give up on the destination, then you'll, you'll be happy. But people, when they have the clarity, they then have the confidence because they're like, I know what I want now, which means anything that comes into my life that's not in alignment with it, I'm not going to even waste my time doing it. I'm not going to go down all the side roads. I'm going to stay on the motorway. Mm. I'm going to go on the plane. I'm going to get in the boat. I'm going to, I'm going to do what it takes to get there because I've seen it. So that's how I work with, and I love it. I love helping people get from where they are to where they want to be. It's my, it's my jam. <laughs> you are, I was, you know, thinking there's so many descriptions shining like a light bulb. 
like like the universe has opened up and like the light i always use the word light because there's no other word besides light illumination light sun you are just as much on that journey as these people that you're putting on that journey you're like in the suitcase you packed, you packed yourself in the bag. My book is in the suitcase. Yeah, yeah. You're whatever book. You, maybe like a you know a hat the or star. a band, the star. A scarf. The yeah, star. Some, the star. Right, right. Maybe the star. But remember, I said to you, you're you are the star. So I don't really think they need the fiscal thing. But okay. yeah, you're just you're just gleaming. I don't know. And I love 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 that explanation or that parallel between your personal journey of what you truly want and obviously you know going on a destination because the destination and i was with you and yes you get to the airport and yes it's a crappy journey but your vision is being on that island sitting there having your you know cocktail and hanging out and so you're going to put up with a lot of crap a lot, a lot of crap before you can actually get to where you want. And, I, and that's really like life and that's journeys. And I think that so many times, including with myself and things that I've tried and where I'm trying to present this podcast at this point, there's, yeah, you have, we have goals, we have, you know, there's strategies and you get stuck. We all get stuck and it's wonderful, you know, having a person like you there to as a coach, a co- what does a coach do? In- inspire you. Okay, so what are you going to do now? Are you going to just like give up and just say, you know, I'm not going to do this? No, you're going to plunge forward. But often, I'm sure you realize that there's certain types of people that may, even though they really, really want it, they somehow just can't get to that destination. What do you do about that? I ask them if they can see it and it's usually because they can't see it. Okay. It's the people that are like, oh, I can't see it. You know, that doesn't happen for me. Okay. So I work back on them, allowing themselves to have it because we've been talking about imposter syndrome for so long. Everyone yes. talks about yes. it, but it's so viable and so poignant to this problem is that if you have limited beliefs about what you're able to have sure. or what you believe you can have and there's this deep rooted feeling of I'm not good enough I'm not worthy enough I don't deserve this what will people say if I get it people are going to think that I stole it or that are people going to put me down and people are going to tap me on the shoulder and tell me that I'm not supposed to be here uh, you know so sometimes people and I have got who are afraid of success, afraid of actually achieving their goals, afraid of it, because if you become successful, your life changes. Yes. And, and maybe sometimes you can be comfortable in the misery. I remember when I was about 16, yes. I wrote a song called I'm um, Comfortable in My Own Misery. Like when I was 16, I was so depressed, so depressed, like depressed, really felt like there was nothing to live for. I felt like every day was a battle just to, you know, make it through the day and put on this brave face. And I wrote a song called, um, I think it was probably about a boy, but it was basically saying that um, I'm comfortable living in this misery. Like I'm so comfortable. I'm so comfortable in this misery because I know what this misery feels like and I'm used to it. So I'm comfortable being in it. And wow. I think some people are comfortable right. being uncomfortable in the misery right. because it's the, they're in the shit that they know. Yes. Like if, yes. like, well, they don't want to move into new territories of shit because yes. they wouldn't know how to survive that. But this, 
Yes. It's cool. So, but wow, you said a lot. So I have to go back to think about what you were just saying. So there's some people we can agree that somehow get stuck, as we say, and then having a person as you know, a coach or motivational person to kind of push them along and really have them try to push themselves along. Cause you know, if you really push people along, there's only so much you can push. They ha- it has to really come truly from yourself. Clearly, obviously, I mean, I know that from my own experiences. And then you also mentioned about your 16-year-old self and going through what you were going through, mental illness at that time, to really evolve clearly to who you are today. And I think that's why you're so incredible. And I say this with lots of exclamation points, because I feel that whatever entity of what you're doing with your business is is you. And I really feel like that about myself as well. Like when you're taking on a client, you become that client, you become that person and, and really want them to succeed. You really want them to be the best that they possibly can, because it's almost like that 16 year old self didn't have you supporting them. Am I saying that correctly? You were hitting the nail on the absolute head. I would have loved someone like me uh, for me when I was Oh my gosh, if I, if only I knew. I didn't find the world of personal development until I was 19 and there was a speaker at an event and I was like, what is this? A uh, uh, personal development? And all and his book was called Believe You Can. And I read it about a hundred times. And it was his words that changed when I was 19 is when I first realized, oh my gosh, my thoughts are powerful. And it was hope. It was, it was like for years I'd been waiting for somebody to pick me, choose me, show me. Like I was performing as a dancer from the age of nine. I was auditioning at nine. I was auditioning and training and competing. For, and I was always hoping that someone would just pick me. Someone would just choose me. Somebody would just save me. And it wasn't until I read this book when I was 19 by a guy called Clive Gott, Believe You Can. And it said you can be anything, you can do anything you put your mind to. It all starts with the thoughts that you think. You can systematically change the way that you think so that you can have anything that you want in your life. You just have to decide what it is that you want. And I was like, really? I, I can decide. And then I, and that was the only thing I had. And then I went into The Alchemist and then like Paul Coelho's stuff and I started reading his stuff. And then I led to Brian Tracy and all of his like corporate training and programs, John Maxwell, Tony Robbins, um, you know, just, just Bob Proctor. And then like moved into like the Brene Browns and the, you know, Deepak Chopra and the Oprah Winfrey, everything Oprah Winfrey's ever said, I've listened to and heard and read, you know, Lisa Nichols. I mean, like I can give you a list, Wayne Dyer, Jim Rohn, the, 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 the list, just Steve Jobs, Bill Gates. I've read every single book and studied it and understood it and and let it seep into me because all I ever wanted was somebody to tell me how to do it to teach me the steps like in dancing you get taught if you want to learn how to do a pirouette you have to be able to do these steps you have to pull up hold your stomach in spot make sure you like it's very technical to do a pirouette it's not like just spin round and I was waiting for somebody like a life choreographer I wanted someone to say if you want to succeed these are the steps and I read all these books and none of them told me any steps. They just gave me loads of incredible information. And then I had to work out, spending 10 years trying everything that they said and figuring out what works, what doesn't work, what order. 
and then really like creating my own success system that was easy to break down. And then that's what my book is. I created a 12 step guide on the steps to success that I've done and that I've talked to many others that have done it and seen the results. And it's just, a, I use it the same steps whenever I'm going to do anything new. I'm going to start something. If I suddenly decide I want to become a pilot, I'd read those steps, right? What cl be clarity, have clarity. The steps in the book are, step one, decide exactly what it is that you want. Clear, concise, see it, feel it, believe it, write it down, make sure it's measurable and you know what it is. Step two is understand that you can have anything that you want. There's no difference between winners and losers. None of them are better than you. Everyone starts off with nothing. Step three, build your confidence in your self-esteem. Step four, make sure you have a powerful personality. Get rid of all your ego. And that was, I followed William Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, his 17 success principles to having an incredible personality, um, master of success. Um, step five, find somebody who is where you want to be and ask them, how they got there and then ask another 10 people and then create a plan that will get you there step six make sure you take care of your thoughts all about your thinking and understand the power of your thoughts and your mental nutrition step seven who you surround yourself with if you get everything right and you surround yourself with losers and people who are moaning and complaining you'll get nowhere so it's all about who you surround yourself with create an a team step a is actually make sure that you know how to how to keep going how to keep going even when it's hard and step nine change your thinking change your life that's the neuroscience stuff step 10 is all about how to get back up after being knocked down step 11 is all about energy where i go into electrons neutrons protons talk about the power of you know your thoughts your thinking step 12 is your favorite word just do it just, just do, it. do it take action wow. oh my god <laughs> wow I can't think of another word besides well wow. incredible amazing I love you know I'm thinking okay people will be sitting there trying to write this down because of course at the end when we wrap up a little bit you'll you'll mention the book and everything where people can actually find these steps and back to what you were saying you wish that there was a book like that when you were your 16 year old self but you know what if there was a book, you wouldn't be who you are right now. Because clearly you had to somehow make this happen and be and become the success that you are. So if you had had the steps, maybe you would have gone in a different direction if it had been handed to you. But you knew what worked for yourself. So as I think about it, you were gifting it. You're gifting it to someone else to say, this is what I did. This worked for me. Try it see if it works for you, you know, type of a thing. What I'm also thinking is how, you know, you mentioned also about, you know, having autism and of how you think obviously differently and also dance. I just wanted to come, you know, have you comment a little bit about your dance world. Cause I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that may have been in the dance world, of course, inclu including Alexandra and how, you know, when you are going through certain things that society may look upon differently, how dance helped, or shall I say having autism dance helped or dance helped autism, or how do you want to go back and forth between the two? Okay, that's such a good thing. I think that my autism didn't help my dancing at all. I think my autism maybe made dancing much harder for me. But then, okay, so let me, you can go yin and yang. So when I started dancing, I really struggled with like spatial awareness, flexibility, timing, 
movement like it but what I knew what what I loved about dancing it was the only time when I felt safe because there was somebody telling me what to do I found that in school and you know traditional education I found it so hard to even process what the teachers wanted me to do so I'd second guess so one week I would get like an A star in my science test the next week I would get like uh you know an E because I was kind of guessing what I thought because I'd overthink everything so when I was dancing I felt like I could switch my my overactive brain of trying to figure out what's going on and I could just copy the steps and what I found my autism process probably helped is, is my parents will tell you I was obsessed with practicing so I'd learn the routine at dance school go home and we we had a conservatory built on the back of the house that I called my dance studio and I'd move all the chairs and everything out and I'd run the routine for hours and hours and hours until it felt right in my body, until it looked right. And then I'd run it and run it and run it. And then the next day when we'd go back to dancing, I'd perform it. And when I was performing it, I felt alive. Like it was like free falling because I didn't, I I knew what I was doing. I knew how it fit and the feeling, the, the buzz I got from dancing a routine without consciously thinking of it. So I, I, I love dancing because it was the only thing where I felt in control. I felt I felt in control when I was dancing because it, it I felt like you're going to teach me the steps. I'm going to go away and practice them until I understand them. And then I'm going to dance them. Very simple. So um, did my autism help me with my dancing? I think it made me a brilliant dancer because I took things to the very next level and to the next level. So I, I was specific about every single muscle movement, every single position I would just obsess over it until it was absolutely perfect in my body and until it felt right. And then I could add the cherry on the top, which was perform it because I didn't have to think about it. So that really, it, it gave me safety sanction. There was finally something I was good at because I felt like I wasn't good at anything but that. And I, I was good at running because that's a very solo sport, isn't it? Just run fast. But yeah, it, it's, I think dancing saved me and getting accepted into one of the number one performing arts colleges in London gave me a massive boost of confidence, thinking they want me. And, you know, then having a dance career and traveling the world. And I got hired by Michael Jackson's choreographer and I got flown to Japan wow. to do like, that was a big boost of um, like self-esteem. And then a good friend of mine, her agency was running all the backing singers and the dancers for X Factor. So, she, and she said to me, you know, will you help me recruit the dancers and the singers and the, and I was like, yeah. So every week I was performing live on like the number one TV show, which was boosting my confidence. You know, I am, I got onto a dance show on the BBC wow. and, you know, my career was really, finally I was feeling like, people were seeing that you know my talent and thinking you know seeing me in the in the light and dancing saved me because it was the only thing that I felt like I had control over I, I could control if I got better where I felt like in traditional education no matter what I did I could never seem to learn you know like my teachers now would be shocked that that I start what I study like because you know compared to a lot of my peers who probably were the smarty pants like my knowledge is just ridiculous because I study just one thing. Like I'm obsessed with just human potential. <laughs> so when it comes to human beings and compassion and empathy and love and business and personal development and success, I know it all. But if you ask me a question about something that's not 
anywhere in my mm. field, you know, I, I, I just sound like a baby because I honestly don't know some things that are very like basic. There's a lot of stuff I don't know because I only know what I know in my field that I'm obsessed with, but everything else I have no idea. You know, I didn't even know who, um, the, the president of the United States was until my son <laughs> told me because I don't watch. Well, the you news. know what? I'm not going to comment on that. We have Biden now, so we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I knew we had, I knew, I knew about Donald Trump and yeah, Iraq, right, of but, course. Yeah. but I mean, I wouldn't know, I don't know the name of the vice president, like, because right. I don't watch the news. So I right. don't know what's going right. on in the world. Right. Right. You're better off. Anyway, we'll move on from that. <laughs> You're better off. It's okay. What's amazing is the fact that you have this spark of interest in what you do. And I think that's just in life. You know, everybody becomes, or, or if they, you know, have an interest to evolve to, to something that they enjoy and like, and you are so lucky as I to have that. So of course you're going to gravitate to things that are of interest to you and, and, and want to learn more and more and more. And I mean, my God, you're so well-read. You were rattling off all these people's names. I was like, Oh my God, Oh my God. She read this person and that person because, because you love it. You clearly love what you do. And how many people can say that? Not many. There's a lot of people when I was teaching grad school and I had these kids coming from all over the world and China and India, and then we would sit down and have just a chat about like their career. And sometimes, not always, but there were definitely situations where they were pushed into a certain career because mom and dad made them want to do this and family dynamics. And it was very, very stressful. And they wound up going into silos of worlds that they clearly did not belong in, but they had no choice. They had no outlet. They had no freedom to make the choice, which was completely awful and sad to see this for young people. Unfortunately for you and me, and hopefully so many others, you may not have that right away in your life, but hopefully you can get there based on what you were saying, as far as giving yourself the confidence to be able to go through these certain steps of certain things and so forth. And you also mentioned um, something about when you were saying you were speaking to a group of people or women who have gone through some type of mental distress because of a sexual assault or things like that, going and giving a speech like that, that, you know, if you want to comment on that, because we recently just had a, a sexual assault webinar and had wonderful women, very brave people come and share stories and so forth. That must just be the most embracing moments to be able to do something like that. If you want to comment. Absolutely. It brings me so much joy to know that I can turn up to a place with these women, these strong women who have endured so much. And for me to bring them light it's overwhelming it's it's absolutely incredible and I've not been able to do that via lockdown and I I really cannot do it on zoom because I'm a hugger I need to hug them and squeeze them and tell them that I've got them and that they have got themselves and that they are awesome I need to touch them like I couldn't do it without hugging it being it would feel inhumane for me but when I did when I did go to these events with these women who had put up with so much that we can't even comprehend I just I just felt power from them like they're not they're not weak they're they're powerful they're survivors and then what I love that I can give them is I can give them I can tell them they can write a new chapter 
I can tell them they can create a new story. And I, and I, and I urge people and people might think, oh no, that's very insensitive. I say, stop telling the same story. Stop telling that same story over and over again. I say, one of the things that I, I, I really encourage people not to do is if you imagine that you sit down and you have your dinner this evening and you eat all your dinner and, and you make loads of food and there's loads of leftovers, and then you throw all that food into the waste disposable bin and you put it there and you leave it there overnight. And then in the morning you get up and you get a fresh plate out of your cupboard and then you go in the waste disposable bin and you put all that food back on your plate from yesterday. That's basically what we keep doing. We keep digging into yesterday's trash and trying to serve it on our plate and then eat from it and use that to nourish us. So what happens is if we were going to eat on our food from yesterday, what happens is it's going to not make us feel good. It's going to make our bodies feel bad. And in some cases, it's going to poison us and have us back in bed. So I encourage people, stop telling the story. Stop reliving that story. Stop going there. Because every time you do, you're creating that vibrational frequency. You're putting your body and your state of mind there. Yes, you have to tell the story maybe once to have your own intervention and to do your processing. But once you've told the story, stop telling it. To anyone who will listen, stop telling the bloody story. It, the story is going to hold you back. It's You're going to be eating yesterday's trash. So I did a post about that. Stop digging into yesterday's trash for today if you want to have a great life nourish yourself with really great great stuff that's going to nourish you and going to empower you going to fuel you stop eating the gone off gross stuff that's gone old and moldy and stale from your bin and that's kind of like an nlp i try to program that every time you're just about to tell a story about something that really upset you think that you're eating a moldy apple that's in your bin like come on stop it um oh my god <laughs> wow you give the most incredible parallel situations i'm like thinking about the garbage i'm thinking about what you're saying but you know truly when you were speaking to you know the sexual assault thrivers as like i like to mention and of course we had that webinar and so forth of that situation i definitely want to have those participants and the survivors listen to what you're saying because i think that is just an amazing advice to plunge forward. And I even think about my own life when you regurgitate a situation or when I wasn't feeling great. And it's like your body, your mind goes, oh yeah, I love that. They just, your mind like sort of just takes off with it. Cause it's familiar. It, yes. it feels safe. Back yes. to the comfort of the misery. Yes, it is. And it's wonderful to be present. I mean, difficult to do of course, but as much as a person can be, and start having the new memories and the new things that are going on. And I actually felt that with my mom and the loss of my mom to create, my aunt would, was attributed to that, create the new memories, to create the now. Because as soon as you go back, it really doesn't do any good for you at all. And it's just sort of this regurgitation, regurgitation. You can't change it. Yeah, no. Mm. And I love the fact that you are a hugger because I'm a hugger too. So, ah! you know... Virtual hug. You're going to come to my house and go to the beach, and then we can just have a big hug on the beach. Aww. But um, human touch is big. You know, human touch is big. And I think that, you know, as we segue forward into Mental Health Month in May, is that people need to start hugging post COVID and hopefully with, you know, vaccinations and all the other stuff that people are going to be doing. Wow, Ify, so much information and so much greatness to what you've said today. I just, I'm just processing so much of what we talked about and discussed and laughed and so forth. I guess 
My next thought is the heart to heart. Think about a situation, and my goodness, you have had so many, where you've touched someone in your life or they've touched you. It could be something that happened today. It could be something within your career. It could be really at any point in your lifetime. I mean, I know that's, I'm giving you a big spectrum of time here. I've got one. What's okay. You got where you felt embraced and you felt something. And we referenced this as a heart to heart. Yeah. Okay. This is the, okay. So in 2016, I made a conscious effort to create this confidence style because my son, when he was two, was diagnosed with autism and he was, he, he's nine now, but when he was two back in 20, my son was born in 2011, but he was diagnosed with autism in like 2012, 13. So it was like two and a half. And I was told by the doctors that he would struggle for the rest of his life because autism is a lifelong disease that would affect him. And it scared me. So I started doing some research and I wanted to understand, you know, what, what, what's the future for my son and obviously I'd been spent I'd studied personal development and human potential so I was but I didn't know much about autism and the statistics said that nine in every 10 people with autism will struggle with depression and anxiety and that could lead to suicidal thoughts so I thought I don't want my son to be in the statistics that high statistic nine in every 10 which means it's basically likely to happen and I was thinking wow I don't want that I don't want to like I don't want to I don't want to outlive my child. I don't want him to go through that. How can I prevent this? What can I do? So then with everything that I've been studying with neuroscience and neuroplasticity, the ability for the brain to change and how you can reprogram the brain, I thought, well, why do autistic people struggle with depression, anxiety? Well, feeling disconnected from the world. We spoke about hugs, disconnecting, feeling like you're looking through a mirror and you're always one, two steps behind everyone, feeling that you're different, feeling that you're not good enough, feeling that you can't communicate. All those feelings lead to I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough. And um, a close relative mentioned to me when I had my second son, oh, well, you've got your second son, you know, you, you can do, it's a shame about your first son, but your second son, you, you can work on him. And I just remember thinking, how dare you? He's somebody. And then I thought, I turned to Quincy and I said to him, I want you to say I'm somebody. He goes, I'm somebody, like he said, you too. I said, yes, you are. And tears just started running down my face. And I was just like, yeah, you, how dare people think you're nobody and like you're we're lucky we've got your brother because you're a lost cause. How dare they? I was so furious. I was like, you're somebody, you are somebody. And then I said, right, and you're good enough. Say I'm good enough. And he's like, I'm good enough. I can do anything. Says I could, and then I said, and I read that lots of people with um autism hate themselves. That's why they start to have those suicidal thoughts. And they so I said, I need you to say, I like myself. And I knew that I'd read Brian Tracy, who's a coach he talks about three words that we all must say I like myself so I was like so I tied everything in got him to look in front of the mirror and say it I wrote it on the mirror I made a piece of paper and what happened is people would come to the house and say what's that piece of paper next to your oh I want that for my son so people started writing down the I'm somebody and then memorizing it taking it home and then I decided to create this big seminar with all these parents and I produced the star because we wanted a mirrored star that night I sold all the stars. It was a room full of like 60 parents. They all bought the stars. I was like, this is amazing. Anyway, the story is I get a phone call from a friend who says, I've got a friend who's got a child who's autistic. Would she be able to buy a star? We've heard about your star. I said, of course. The woman messages me 
and she says, can you, can you come and bring the star to my house? I'm like, oh, well, well it's a new business. I don't really do that. So I was like, oh, I could post it to you. She goes, no, no, I need you to bring it to my house and show it to my son. I was like, I saw her address. I was like, it's not too far. So I got in the car, drove there. Didn't know what I was doing because I hadn't really worked with children, only worked with parents and adults. And, you know, this this was new, this whole thing. So I go to her house and she opens the door and it's it's dark. It's like nine o'clock at night, it's dark. She opens the door and her hallway is dark. And she likes this come in and I'm thinking, this is strange, you know, like going into someone's house I've never met and I don't really know what I'm going to do when I get there. I'm not somebody who's qualified to work with children. You know, I don't know if I should even be here. So anyway, I walk through and she takes me to this room where it's dark as well. And it's got a blue light in the room. And I can see this person on the bed with just boxer shorts on. And I'm like, oh my God, it's like an 18-year-old, 19-year-old man. And I'm like, she goes, this is my son, David. And I was like, oh, I said, okay. I said, how old is he? She goes, he's 14, but he looked like an adult. And she was like, I need you to show him the star. I was like, okay, then. She was like, David. And then I said, hi, David. I want you to say the words from the star. And she just looked at me and she kind of like smiled. I was like, she goes, David doesn't speak. David's nonverbal. I was like, oh, Okay, then. So I stood behind David and imagine this is a big, it's bigger than me. He looks like a man, big, thick, 18 year old man with these big hands, but he's only 14, like, a, but a big person, like much taller than me. And I'm like standing behind him and he's standing in front of the star. And I think, what can I do? So I get his hand at this and I get his finger and I get it to go over the star. And I say, I'm looking in the star and looking at him looking in the star. And I say, I am David. I am somebody, I am good enough, I can do anything, I like myself. And as I say, I see him, like you're looking, I see, I see, oh, I stop, you're making me get, I see him look at me and this tear just rolls down his face and then he looks back at me and it's like, I don't know what, he's like, he's saying thank you. And I was like, oh. And his mum was like, thank you, thank you so much. And then I kind of like just was like, walk, left the house because I, I felt emotional and I didn't want him to see me emotional and I didn't really know what the, I didn't know how I was supposed to be. I've never, te- like, this isn't my job, I just sell them. So then I get in the car and I'm bursting into tears and I ring my sister and I'm like, promise me, promise me, you'll never let me stop this star journey because... I just changed someone's life and I saw it. I said, don't let me ever stop this. I've I've got to do this. And she's like, and that was six, that was five years ago. Um, And that's the story that makes me think these words are so powerful. Like they're so unbelievably powerful. And I feel like if I don't keep doing it, I'm letting people down, people who don't have it. So that's the story that, makes me sell this star that makes no money <laughs> but oh, changes life. boy well yeah you see me here you know I mean so emotional so touching and like I said you are the star iffy you are <laughs> it my friend you are and you are always shining I think you always were shining forever it's just that you had to discover the shine that was there I feel like I'm talking to AJ, but yeah, the shine. <laughs> yes, the shine. Yes. And clearly, I think you always had the, 
the ability or the capability. It's just that you somehow had to put that journey together for yourself. And clearly you have. And what lucky people are out there to benefit from you. So yeah, that star is just so much of your package, shall I say. It should be a big star on your Instagram page. Like, you know, forget everything else, just the star. And then maybe put everything on top of the star. Because I think the star defines who you are. How do you feel about that? Absolutely. It yeah. defines who I am. I just yeah. need somebody to give me some kind of marketing strategy to get it. Because people yes. don't get it. They don't yes. get it until they're in front of it. Yes. But I think that, yes, I do agree with that. But I think it's however it, however it can be presented, it would be so powerful for so many because it's a symbol. You know, a star is a symbol. When people see a star, everybody has their version of what it means to them. It could be a religious symbol. It could be a galaxy. It could be really anything. And I think people definitely gravitate to stars. I remember years ago, there was a store in Soho, of course, in Manhattan, we used to go to. And I was so enamored by this store because everything was star related. Stars were hanging from the ceiling and it was just such a cool place. And I think even as Alexandra was a little one, I used to put like stars on her little jean jacket. I mean, I think that was, you know, was little sparkly something. And I think that's really what it is. It is a sparkly something. It is the spark. So it sparkles. And I think it just what you do, I think that story of David and you and I, you know, standing there and allowing this young person to feel validated and not feel alone. And that's really what we're all about with the podcast. And I think that's all you're about, too. You just want people to feel not alone because you knew what it felt like to be alone. And, and I know what it feels like to be alone. And there's so many people out there that have this issue or problem, but it's temporary, guys. You just have to somehow find the spark, you know? Yeah. So, wow. Wow, wow, wow. It has been illuminating, incredible. I mean, I don't feel like I'm even doing a podcast now. I just feel like I'm hanging out with you for the hour. <laughs> I feel like we could go on for the next few hours, but I know that you're going to come back and visit us and talk more about all kinds of stuff that you will absolutely be doing and, and so forth. So I guess the golden question is, or the star question is, where can people find you? <sighs> Thank you yeah. so much, Elaine. It's been awesome. And you've, I feel like I've had a therapy session with you. Because oh, my God. Thank <laughs> I you. think you, you, you summed me up. Like, you really summed me up. And it, it's taken my breath a bit because, yeah, what you said about feeling lonely and that this star helps people feel they're not alone is actually really what it is. And I don't know if I knew that until you just said that. Oh. You know, you've pieced it all together. And oh, that's you. like I couldn't maybe articulate why I need to do it. But I think that that's why. So thank you. So um, people can find me on Instagram where Helene found me. And you can find me on Clubhouse. At, um, it's just Ify Thomas, I-F-E Thomas. Um, T-H-O-M-A-S at Ify Thomas 01 um, you'll find me on that handle everywhere on Twitter Instagram Facebook LinkedIn TikTok and I'm starting a 20 I've got 21 buttons as well if you know what that oh is my. it's like a fashion app where I 
take pictures of me in lovely clothes and then you can click on the clothes and it takes you to the site. Um, and also I've got a podcast that will be launching soon where I'm going to get Helene on it, definitely. Oh, my cool. God. Absolutely. I want you just to interview me every week. Um, oh, okay. Well, you know, maybe we'll collab. You know, I'm, I'm looking for new entities as we approach into September. As I say, will be a launch, a new launch for us and lots of different things and lots of different people. My coming from the heart family out there. So I'm ready when you are. Absolutely. Thank you so well, much. All I can say is I'm throwing you a kiss. I'm throwing you a hug. You have to hug yourself. And this has been one heck of a or hell of an interview. We love you, Ify. Alexandra loves you too, and she wants to meet you. And thank you so much. And bye-bye for now. Thank you. Bye. All right.